Welcome to Thrive HR, a podcast by Thrive Pass. In this show, we sit down with industry leaders to explore the world of HR and everything it has to offer. I'm your host, Andreas Deptola. Being able to restructure and start something new and build build your own team and kind of create create the team that you're working with and, and the new way to do work, I could not, I couldn't look away, right? It just drew me immediately. On today's episode of Thrive HR, Andreas talks to Laura Picking, Manager of People Services at the University of Notre Dame. Presented with an opportunity to create a new culture for her team, Laura talks about how to set and incorporate goals, develop sustainable processes, receive team trust, and create something meaningful. Good morning, Laura. Welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, you know, it's one of those funny questions that I always uh, like to ask and to get us started here. Laura, give us one fact that nobody at your team knows about you. I thought long and hard about this. You know, the one thing that, that did end up coming to mind is how I, I joined the HR profession in the first place. So sometimes I get asked, well, mm-hmm. did you always want to be in HR when you grew up? What really drew you here? And the funny part is when I was in my undergraduate degree, I had a professor who said to me, I think you'd be really well suited for the HR field. And I ran with it. <laughs> I wholeheartedly <laughs> believed her. And I said, you know what? I think I think I like that. I think you're right. And I have not turned back since. And I don't think I've ever told my team that, but I, I credit her a lot to where I am today. You know, it's interesting. Like we all reflect on our lives and then sometimes there are these uh, inflection moments, right? Or people that we meet that made made a comment, right? Or were a mentor and like it sets us on, on a certain track in life. So thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for, for sharing that. So I learned in our previous conversation that you were initially hired at Notre Dame as a, as a consultant, right? And then eventually you made the move into to people services. So tell us about that transition, right? From being an external consultant to deciding, hey, I want to do this uh, full time. Yeah, absolutely. So I joined the HR consultant team. I was in that role for about seven years. And prior to that, I was not in higher ed. So that was a great role for me to really learn to understand higher ed in general, the different practices and policies and the way that we do our own business. Made some incredible relationships on campus, which still served me well in my current role. And I loved it. But at a certain point, uh, we decided to restructure, it was in summer of 2019, restructure our human resources department. And so there was a couple of reasons that really drew me to the current role that I'm in. One, you know, being able to restructure and start something new and build build your own team and kind of create create the team that you're working with and, and the new way to do work, I could not... I couldn't look away, right? It just drew me immediately to wanting to be part of that. And the other thing too, you know, I missed having a, a team, a direct relationship with the team. My prior um, position before Notre Dame was in an insurance industry and also in HR. And, you know, I had a small team there too, and still connect with those with those individuals. And, you know, it's 10 years later in a totally different state. And I just really enjoyed that piece of it in terms of, helping with professional development and career projection and all of those those pieces that come with being a leader of a team. And the third piece, and in all honesty, I was ready for a new challenge. You know, it had been seven years in the HR consultant role and 
And I was ready to, to stretch myself a little bit and, and try something new. And the opportunity just presented itself at the right time for me. Yeah, and w- one thing that, that really resonates here on, on a personal note, you mentioned that, I mean, the difference oftentimes of being a consultant versus like being in the company is, you know, obviously you manage a team and you you implement everything, right? Oftentimes as consultants, we think about the strategy and, and whatnot, and it's, it's really interesting work, right? But then to work with the team, work through the change and, and be part of the implementation, building something, I'm, I'm sure that was very rewarding for you. So, you know, you mentioned your current focus and, and the department that you're managing, uh, people services, right? There are all these different terms that are flying around in the HR world. How is that defined, right? What are what are the things that your team are focusing on on a day-to-day basis? Right. So our, our team is an interesting makeup and true when we try to, to benchmark and we still do on a regular basis. It's, it's almost difficult to find a, an apples-to-apples comparison of what our team does. We have a team of 12 associates, and then myself and I have a, a colleague. We, we run this and manage the team together. But we have 14 specialties as part of our team. And what I mean by specialties, we're, we're basically touching every aspect of HR, whether it's HR finance, communications, comp, benefits, talent, all of those pieces. So all of our associates have at least one, sometimes more, of those specialties as their main focus. And then they work with our centers of expertise or our COEs and HR to to support them in terms of if there's a program that's being built or conceptualized by the COE, our team is there on the other end making sure that it's executed and executed really well. (laughs) And so we work very closely with everyone in our human resources department to be able to do that. So Thinking through that, you know, a team of 12 and 14 different specialties, you know, it, you'd be hard pressed to come into our team and, and not find a function of HR that's covered somewhere. But that's, and that's the majority of, of that role is to be able to, you know, do all of those pieces and support the COEs. The other piece is customer service focused, which is, you know, it's every day in our jobs. But um, the main piece of that is we had what was called Ask HR is a line that comes in if people have questions, you know, could be faculty staff, could be students, could be the community. And then the the email side of it that comes through as well, we get a lot of those. And, you know, whatever comes through those, those channels can run the gamut. So it's a very cross-functional position in terms of you may have to know, you may have to know benefits, you may have to know communications, what's going on on campus. Um, so it's a very exciting role in ways that we, I, I, we feel, and I feel very confident saying that we kind of are keeping the trains, you know, moving within HR and making sure that those programs are really executed in the way that our COEs uh, expect them to. And help us to understand, you mentioned that the team has 14 employees, right? Help us to understand the scale and specifically the ratio, right? So how many employees of the organization are now supported by your team? So if we're talking full-time, you know, with, with the staff and the faculty, we're talking about 5,000. Now we have most of our employees are here on campus, you know, in, in South Bend, Indiana. We do have locations, you know, in with Wisconsin and California and uh, New York and a couple of those places. The bulk are here. But, um, you know, what's interesting too is while we're supporting all the faculty and staff and certainly here for our students, we can also serve the campus community when they're calling in or people that want to work at Notre Dame or people that have maybe feedback they want to share with us about, you know, how Notre Dame's doing or questions they might ask. And so when we think about that, and I, you know, certainly 
we can talk about our, our metrics that we track, you know, our NPS scores are, you know, near 90%, which is fantastic for a group our size and the amount of very varied information and questions that might come through our line. And when you talk about the net promoter score, is that something that you are me measuring in terms of the employees, right? The uh, employee net promoter score or is that for the students uh, or maybe both? So it's actually the net promoter score is for any individual that would call in from our, our call Ask HR line. So it could, it could be anybody <laughs> that, that comes from a faculty, staff, mm -hmm, or student. Mm -hmm. As long as they you know are in our system, they receive the, the assessment or the score for us. And we track that on a monthly basis. And it's been 85% and higher. You know, really, since we've started this this group, and keeping in mind more than half more than half of our team is new in the last three years, so it's just phenomenal. Outstanding score. Let me maybe focus on the fifteen percent, right? So, is there a systematic process approach where you're looking into like, hey, the, the ones that are we're not hundred percent satisfied with the service or whatnot? How do you cluster the data, and, and what are then maybe tangible outcomes. So we again, we, we do look for the data every month and we're looking for themes. So we not only have the NPS score, but we're talking about technical expertise of those on our team. We're talking about customer service. So multiple facets of customer service. And so, you know, we, we do look through all of the comments that come through. And if there's something on there that we need to follow up, we have a system where we're tracking all of the information that our team is working on. And we're able to follow up with customer and, you know, say, you know, this was the issue, you know, how can we, can we fix it? Those types of things. And so it's, it's rare when we need to do that because sometimes they will put in there, you know, maybe no follow-up needed, or they just want to lodge a, you know, I was concerned with this. A lot of times it's very positive feedback for our team, which we certainly appreciate, but there's always an opportunity to follow back up. And I will say, you know, we have a, a great customer group here, they are never hesitant to call us and speak with us or email if they have further questions or concerns that we can follow up on. So we do take that opportunity. when I'm, I'm sure also on, on the flip side, the 85% that are really happy, it's it's probably like a really motivating factor for your for your team, right? To, to, to get all that, that positive feedback. So, you know, Today, your, your focus obviously is in, in higher education, but there are two themes that we want to dive into deeper today, the culture and the hiring. And I think these principles that we will discuss will, will apply to other um, industries as well. So let's start on the, on the culture side and maybe describe to us when you started your, your journey with your organization, right? How would you describe the culture specifically, not for the entire organization, but like for the team that you are managing? Yeah, absolutely. Because correct. I mean, there was a culture for HR and, you know, then when we restructured, there was a culture for our new people services team which you may be hard pressed in the very beginning to really understand what that was. And, and the reason I say that is because we pulled two distinct groups together within human resources to form a new one. And so when anytime when that happens, there's going to be a shakeup in, in the culture, which was already happening because we restructured as the entire team, but also in that little microcosm, because we had, you know, 12, 14 people at that time who were coming together from different roles, different you know experiences, how long they've been with the university, And not to mention, we were hiring immediately from, from the get-go. So the culture itself might have been a little bit of a head-scratcher. You know, what, what, what are we doing here? And so that gave us the best opportunity to say, what do we want 
out of the culture. And that's, that's really where we, we jumped off. That was our starting point. And the best part about it was, and we had so much knowledge and experience on the team already, we could build off of that, you know, from, from their own experience of what it was like, but then bringing new people in always gives that opportunity to say where, you know, what was it like where you came from and what are some things that worked well for you? And then really interesting part um, that I, I should mention too is, I, as I mentioned, I was in the HR consultant role, so I had worked with, with these individuals for years. I wasn't an unknown commodity, and nor were they to me, but it was different. Right? It was a different relationship. Now we were on the same team, and I did not pretend to know about the work that had happened in those two teams before. I was, I was familiar being in the consultant role, but I had a lot to learn myself. My colleague, who also co-leads the team with me, was also in HR for seven years before. So here's two of us coming in from different roles and saying, you know, we know each other. And so we can, that's a starting point for us as we're building this culture because they knew us, they knew our work, knew us as individuals, but there was so many more layers, you know, beneath that we needed to build. And so I think that's really where we started off by saying, here are some things that are really important to us, you know, in terms of candid nature. We we have fun <laughs> on this team. That is so important to both myself and, and Kevin, my colleague. We, we, you know, inject fun into, into this group all the time. And I would, everyone on our team does the same, right? We want people to, to be happy and engaged in coming here. We also wanted a very candid approach to, to communication and conversations. You know, conflict can and does happen in the workplace, and what we didn't want is for that to, to negatively impact the team, right? We wanted that positive conflict. When that happens, let's talk through things. Let's, let's work it out. And the reason being, again, we have, again, 14 at that time who were learning new jobs, who were in the same role for several years. And now we're saying, oh, we're going to do something different. And by the way, here's, you know, maybe a new set of colleagues that you're going to be working with or in a different way, which can be, you know, a little scary, a little scary at times. And what we really needed for them to say is you actually have 13, you know, people that now can step in and help you. It's not, I'm not, that's not my lane. It's I want to join you in that lane. You know, how are we going to work on this together? You may be a benefits person. You may be a talent acquisition person, but we don't want to look at each other like that, right? It's, it's where do we find those expertise and kind of lean on each other for their skills. So I guess all of that to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely sure I could say what the culture was at that time when we stepped in because it was just so new. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, a very interesting term. You mentioned the, the word restructure, right? The, the, the desire to change. When you looked at that, what were some of the, the goals that you had in mind with, with the change? You mentioned, you know, having fun, not avoiding conflict, right? As, as a couple of these themes. What other overarching goals did you have when you started that journey of restructuring? So, so both of those for sure, and that kind of goes in line with the three, three main goals, a cohesive team crossing over previously established boundaries, right? And that comes with the fun, the ability to address conflict when it comes up and work together. But the other two were people development. That was, that was a big goal for us is to make sure that everyone on this team had an opportunity to learn something different, to step out of their comfort zone, you know, to bring the skills that they had in their previous or their current roles, but to really be able to say, either this is a stepping stone for me, or I am going to go so deep into this role and learn all these specialties that I'm really going to be a leader on this team. And, and don't get me wrong, we already had leaders, you know, in both of those teams that we combined, but this was different. You know, there was a lot more that we all had to learn. And the last goal that I had um, that we had was really a growth mindset. 
And I know we hear that term, you know, all the time, uh, but it was so important for us in this. And one of the reasons was, you know, we had these two teams, but part of this restructuring was to take some of the responsibilities and ownership for some from some tasks from those COEs and bring them onto art. What a great time to be able to say, how are they being done? And how can it be done differently on this team or processes that we've had in place in HR or even within the two teams that we joined and say, what are we doing to, to make this more efficient or to have multiple people know this so it's not just one person, right? So when they when they leave, what do we do? You know, so that growth mindset was really important to say, I want to learn more as a person for sure. And I'm going to stretch myself in these roles, but I'm also going to do that by looking for and improving processes within this team so that we just continue to get better. So those are kind of the three goals that we've established for ourselves during this process. And one of the things that I want to want to echo is, you know, what you mentioned about the, the healthy conflict, right? And that might be counterintuitive, but from a personal, totally anecdotal perspective here at ThrivePass, I've seen a correlation of how well we can have that healthy conflict and how quickly we can come to really innovative ideas and solutions, right? Mm -hmm. So I would now be interested to know, okay, you know, you, you have these goals, right? Here's where you want to take it. Was there a specific methodology that, that you used to roll out the change and and ensure success here? Yeah, so there's about four different steps in this process that we used. The first and most important for us was really about establishing the relationships. And I mentioned that many of us knew each other, but in just different ways. And so the first piece before we could even say, you know, let's get off and running and be really proud to call ourselves people services was to establish relationships in, in those different different capacities. And so we we did a couple of, you know, different processes. We did a new leader assimilation um, again, to help us kind of learn each other in, in a different way, they could ask any questions of us. We did the same for the team, but we established guidelines as far as how our team is going to go. And that's a lot where the culture started to be built in that place. And, and, and to this day, I should say the relationships piece, it certainly never stops, right? As people are coming and going on this team, we still continue to learn so much about each other. And, and I think that's where the, the fun really is. The second piece in, 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 part of, in part of our process was the methodology in terms of interest and skills. So having people on this team before who maybe had, you know, a, a singular scope in their job, now we have 14 different areas, you know, that just can open your eyes up to HR. And so what we did not want to do is just to say, you know, we're going to have you do this and we're going to have you do this portion of it. Again, that really would not have supported the culture that we were going for. So we said, here are all the areas. Tell us what you want to do. You know, tell us where your passion lies and where your interests are. And so we had the, we had them rank them one to three. Um, and to tell us, you know, where they wanted to go. And, and everyone, you know, on the team ended up with one of their top two. And, you know, that was our starting point. I should also say that, you know, we said, here it is today. But if we have, you know, attrition on our team, or we have um, capacity within your own work, and you want to learn another piece, absolutely, we're behind you. <laughs> you know, we're going to be able to do that too. But this is a starting place. And so I think that set us up for a very solid foundation. 
The next piece was more of the timeline of how this, this team was going to function going forward and learning our new jobs. And so we worked very closely with the COE. We had this, if you can imagine, just giant project management spreadsheet that said, here are all the things, you know, all the different areas that we want to learn. And we, we matched those up and we put a plan in place in terms of this is something that immediately we can, you know, absorb onto our team. This is something that's probably going to take us six months, 12 months, 18, you know, those along those lines. So that gave our team a really good insight into kind of what's coming, right? This is something you're going to learn now, but look how much you're going to grow over the next 18 months. But it also gave us an opportunity to work with the COEs to say, okay, we've got to spend more time together, A, back to this relationship piece, but help us, you know, help us learn all of these pieces and, and get more comfortable with them. And the fourth piece, which we could probably talk for, for hours about is a progression plan. And so when I talk about like interests and skills for the individuals, something else that we had in mind, which, you know, we admittedly, we just rolled it out last year at the end of 2021 was a plan for people on our team to actually progress within the team. And the way we measured that was by how many of those specialties they were very proficient um, in knowing or had advanced knowledge in those, assessing in those, and then moving into higher level or leadership roles throughout our team. And so, you know, I think with many, many organizations, you know, COVID put it a little bit of a, a damper and a delay on moving that forward, but it was something we promised to our team. And so those that were here were able to, to take advantage of that and new people coming in when we have openings and we hire new, new individuals to our team. What a great opportunity to say, this is a great place for you if you want to continue to grow. We have this in places. No, I would love to take our conversation to the earlier part of your answer. And you mentioned uh, relationships, right? I truly believe that that is critical, right? To, to build a trust within the team, right? And ensuring that the players know each other and they can, you know, relate to each other. And that will eventually, you know, just create better outcomes and teamwork, right? Now that you, you create a new team, right? Another difficulty I'm sure was, is, you know, the work from, um, work from home, right? What right. are the, some tangible, you know, tools and tips you can give us of how you build, you know, strong relationships among the team? Yeah, so decided to, to do the remote or needed to do the remote model in uh, early 2020 or spring of 2020. We actually hired a couple people to that team, to our team within a week or so of saying, oh, everyone's, you know, working from working from home. What a what a challenge <laughs> to to not only our team is still new, right? We're still in the, you know, the, the norming and store storming stage, but we have new people that are new to our team, new to the position, and we're getting to know each other this way, right? Via Zoom, because we were not in the office for, for 18 months. And so it was it was really important in that way to, and I'm going to give so much credit to our team for this. This was not something that I could do on my own, right? By helping people feel part of this team. Our team did a phenomenal job with that in terms of welcoming, you know, through Zoom and through Google Chat and, you know, any type of visual way that we could see each other to check in on them and say, how are you doing? You know, hey, let's let's have a sidebar conversation. I just want to see, you know, how you're progressing or maybe if you want some extra training on this, I'm happy to help. And so there was so much of that happening on this team. It was almost seamless coming back to the office and we're in a hybrid model now, but for those individuals that had really never stepped foot or only for a week in the office, it felt like we had worked side by side daily. I know I felt that way. And, and, and you know, they said the same thing. It, it's almost like we didn't skip a beat. And I think a lot of that goes to how you handle that hybrid environment. 
And what we did is we had Zooms every day with this team. When we were in the office, it was easy to gather, right? Gather in the coffee pot or around the whiteboard and just kind of see how things are. But when you have to do it, you know, virtually via Zoom, we would come on, we'd start with a joke or, you know, what people did over the weekend. We always made time for that bonding before we really got down to, you know, what we needed to talk about from a work standpoint. And just, hey, health check, how are you all doing? You know, we try really hard to just make that a day-to-day question, just checking on each other. And, and there are some phenomenal people on this team that when I, you know, whenever someone forgets, someone else is doing that, right? And just filling that void of checking in on one another. And so we spend time in each other's space now. We're still, you know, learning and talking and gathering and learning more about what each of us does. And it's been three years, but there are still functions that, you know, between the 14 of us, oh, didn't know that you were doing that. Or, you know, tell me more about what you do there. And it's just that we're not hiding behind any walls of what's happening on this team. And so that communication, you know, just continues to get better, especially in this hybrid environment. I mean, there's still those just seeing how you're doing today. (laughs) You know, I know you're at home and working away, but, you know, there is that feeling that comes with that. physically not present with the team, but I still feel part of it. Yeah. One thing from from my side that that came to mind as as you are describing all those those different tools, right? One thing we do here at ThrivePass with with my leadership team, every Monday at our meeting, we start with positive moments. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a positive moment from your professional life, right? But then also from your personal life, right? It could be something, hey, my my son did X, Y, Z, and it's amazing how you get to know your colleagues and right within a fairly short amount of time. So, so, you know, now that we have talked about creating a culture, changing that, right? Uh, how do you provide feedback to the team and, and, and what does your assessment process look like? You started off mentioning Growth mindset is, is one of your key elements, right, of, of the culture and a feedback loop assessment, right? I'm sure it's, it's, it's a critical part of that. Describe us uh, to us how that works. Yes, absolutely. So we have an annual performance review cycle. And so, you know, like, like many organizations do. But in higher ed, you know, we certainly believe in personal and professional development and we speak that language and and walk that walk as much as we can. And so, but also what it comes down to is it's never one size fits all, right? Even with a team where we're all people services, you know, every position within people services is different. And so one of the things that we found was most important for, for goal setting, and again, uniting that team is the common, the common thread. What's the common goal that we all share? And so we all have one that's very much focused on customer service and development. And so customer service in in terms of how are we working with each other as a team? How are we working with, you know, campus? And that goes down to some of our metrics, the NPS score and customer service scores in in those areas. But from a development standpoint, we also, you know, and this is something all of HR does, but we also have goals related to, to that, making sure that you have, you know, X number of hours of professional development a month. And it's not just the supervisor, the, the leader of the team saying, hey, this, this is something I think you should do while we certainly do that and create space for that. But we also want our team to say, I saw this class, you know, that, that's coming out next month and I'd really like to go to that. And absolutely, let's make that happen. And the work that they currently have, their workload or, you know, whatever they have on their plate should not be a barrier. 
to that. And so we set goals, you know, in the summertime, they have the shared goal. And then they also have ones that are related to uh, the specialty that they're working in and, and what's different about it, right? Are they, are they joining a committee this year? Are they working on a project group this year? Or do they want to stretch themselves and learn something new and different in that specialty or in another one? And so um, it's very much back and forth between every one of our team members and we regularly have, we have weekly meetings and touch bases with our team members anyway. So, which is, you know, it's easy for us to do when I have a, my team of six, you know, that I'm able to do that on a, on a regular basis. So the goals themselves are just kind of, they continue, right? We know what's happening. Nothing's really ever a surprise in that space. But when things do come to us and there's a, a request to work on another project, we can add those to that and then have immediate feedback on those because we're touching base on a regular basis. And so it's really, like I said, it's, it's a very much an organic process. Well, we start in August. We have sometimes added goals in the middle of winter because, you know, something came up and an opportunity presented itself. And then we can give that feedback right away. So we're actually gearing up now for end of the year, end of the year performance reviews um, that will be happening in May. And, you know, I, again, nothing should be a surprise there for any of our teammates. Yeah, I lo love that idea of nothing is a surprise, right? I think that that's super important for the employees, the transparency, like knowing where you are, right, in terms of uh, the expectations. So, so in your answer, you mentioned customer service being one of the critical elements for the team, right? And this desire of, you know, serving the client, the employee, the student really well. Now let's take back to the hiring process what are you looking for your team i assume customer service right and 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 having that desire is important what what are other criteria that are important for you as you are evaluating new team yeah and in addition to the growth mindset which is something we talk about in all of our interviews the number one thing that we discuss when we are hiring new individuals to our team is attitude and that all speaks to, again, the culture that we have set out and we are continuing to build. And we can easily, I say easily, but we can train on the work that we do in our team, right? I mean, we can do that. It might take some time, but we will get somebody there that really is interested in and wants, wants to, to advance or, or to really dig down into the work that we do. We can train that. The attitude piece is something that is from day one, so important. And we make sure to speak to that in our interview. And, and the reason we say that is because, again, we want to have fun. We want, we want to continue to have a team that likes to work together, that shows up, you know, daily with an attitude of I'm here to help. You know, I'm here to, to serve not only campus, but the person sitting next to me or across from me or Zoom that I, you know, that I'm Zooming with in a team meeting. And so we, we speak to that in every one of our interviews. And then we ask, we always ask the candidate, like, what does that mean to you? You know, you know, speak to us us about how you show up, you know, on a good day and a bad day, because we don't always all have good days. We know that, but how you persevere through that and the attitude that you show through that is, is really key to what we're doing. And a lot of that attitude piece also builds trust, right? Which is, which is so, is the foundation to, to this team as well. It's again, not having those blinders on and, and saying, oh, you know, I know this person maybe doesn't look like they're working as hard as this person. I mean, we, we certainly, you know, hear that all the time to time on campus. And in my, my former role as a consultant, there's, we're humans, you know, we're going to have those emotions, but is how, you know, and how you persevere through that, especially when times can be tough, right? When we have pandemics, <laughs> when we have, you know, new ways of, of communicating with people, when we have maybe some, some, new opportunities to expand our role and to, you know, work with the COE in a different way than we did before. It's that attitude of, yep, I'm, I'm willing to learn and I am willing to help. So that's where we started. 
And is there, so, so you mentioned a couple of themes here, the resilience, having fun, right? The customer service and the growth mindset. Is there like a specific definition that you created about the attitude that you want to see from your employees? That, that's the first part of my question. The second part now is like, in the hiring process, are there certain questions that, that you're asking to figure out, hey, is a, a great fit? Is there like a personality assessment that, that you're doing with, with your new employees? How do you make sure that you funnel the right players in? Yeah. So in terms of, you know, defining the attitude, you know, we, we try to give some examples too, where, you know, admit what we're working on personally. You know, I, I may not be good at this, but I'm willing to own that and I'm willing to ask for help. And also, hey, I, you know, here's a time where I messed up on something. <laughs> we all do, right? How do you handle that? You know, and, and how does how show itself in your day to day? Because all of that counts. Mostly when we define that, it is truly for us what it feels like on the team. Do I feel like my my team actually cares about me as a person? And you absolutely can see that, you know, when it when it comes to how you show up and how you you talk with with each other. That was definitely one of the one of the most important things. You know, in terms of assessing, we didn't do any type of personality assessments during hire or anything like that. Now we have done them as a team, you know, in my my other role as a consultant, we would I would facilitate Myers Briggs and, and DISC and all of those. Right. We've done those, you know, with our team as well. And predictive index, we actually had, you know, another colleague on our to facilitate that for us as well, because there's always some little extra attribute that you learn when you do those different types of assessments. And we share that readily. You know, there's not a single person on our team who says, I, you know, I don't want to share my profile. We do. You know, we want to share those because it's really important to, to understanding the person. And so we continue to look for those opportunities, whatever, whatever that may be, to engage our HR partners, you know, outside of our specific team. And then, you know, kind of again, back to the interviewing process, we are really trying to dig into that with as much examples as they can give us. But also during that hiring process, you know, I want to mention too, our, our team is very involved. And so when we are hiring, our, our team is interviewing and spending time with our candidates. And a couple of reasons, because every decision that we make to bring somebody on, we want our team's feedback to play into that. We would we would not want to hire someone that the team said, ah, oh, they don't have the right skills or wow, not a good fit. And they can they can do, do a deep dive into that attitude piece right there. You know, you just you can feel it, you know, when you're connecting with someone, especially in a group about a new position that they're interested in. And so they're very open and honest with us about that. And so they spend a lot of time with them, you know, with our final candidates when we bring them on board, which makes a big difference. So, so you mentioned the team and how they're involved in the interview process. Tell us more about that. Are there certain peer-to-peer -peer interviews that they conduct? And then also the decision-making process at the end, right? How do you do that? Do you is there a quantitative way to do that? Does somebody have veto power? How was the final decision being made? Yes, great question. So we do have a quantitative way, an assessment that we use while we're interviewing them. And we have an interview committee to start. So it would be, you know, typically, you know, obviously myself, and then we, we do pull from other areas within HR too, because we want feedback. So if we're hiring for a talent acquisition person on my team, we're going to have somebody from the talent acquisition team in HR to be on that committee. And so we have pretty broad representation there. Then, you know, we're all doing the qualitative or the quantitative piece for that. And then for our team, we usually do a group. So we have two, three, sometimes taking someone to the library for a cup of coffee or to the cafe and just to kind of 
get to know them in a different way, right? And, and to, to ask some really good questions, but also to see what kind of questions they might have for them as a team member. And so we have had phenomenal experiences with that, where the team has come back and, you know, said, wow, you know, they asked really great questions about why we like to work here and what our favorite part is. We've had other people that, you know, mm-hmm. just seem to want to have coffee, you know? <laughs> and so it's all, all is good, right? All of that's great. But then once all of that has happened, we come together and basically rank, you know, where, where we see, you know, people sitting. If we have more than one role, that's excellent. But if not, you know, it's, it's a decision where Kevin and I usually are at the end, who's my colleague, are able to make that because these individuals will report to us to say, this is the person that we want to put forward. And then we're able to make that final decision there. So no process is ever perfect, right? So now let's assume you hire somebody that is you know, went through the process, everybody was excited, but now three months later, you, you find out, hey, the, the attitude of the cultural fit is not there. How do you handle those situations? There are like an example maybe that you can, that you can share. Yeah, I, I think this is a question many of us can relate to. And again, my, in my former positions, even prior to Notre Dame, this, was, this is just something when you're, when you're dealing with people. I think the interesting part when a culture fit is not there, it's, it's certainly a daily struggle for the organization, and the team, but the person too, right? It, it's something that, that I would feel if I was struggling with the culture of a place. You know, I would feel it daily and it would be, it would be something that I had to personally make a decision about. I think what, what we have here and what we try to get better at consistently is ongoing feedback and coaching. And even if someone's work performance is stellar, the culture always rears itself in some way, right? You're always going to see that. And so it's that constant feedback and examples of, you know, when, you know, having a conversation with your team where I can see that maybe, maybe something's bothering you and giving them specific examples. Our culture is very much about candid, you know, being candid and transparent, I'm not seeing that, right? And, and giving specific examples of, of what I'm seeing or what I'm not seeing to allow the individual to tell me that I'm wrong or that, yeah, you know, you're right. And, and here's why. Certainly have been on, on in those places before where I interpreted something differently than, than what I thought. So having those conversations with the individual is very important. And, and I do feel, you know, sometimes when the culture is, is not a fit, many times I think a person will when they realize it themselves, they may say, I'm going to self-select here and say, this is not the right fit for me. And I, I, I would hope for that, right? I would hope that they would want to, you know, be in a place where they feel like this is the right fit. And that doesn't always happen. And sometimes it's, you know, more deeper conversations and they, there's, you know, a plan that needs to go into place. And again, in you know, my career, I've seen that happen in many different ways. But I think a lot of it is staying on top of it and not letting it simmer when something's not working. And it is hard, right? It's, it's really hard to have those conversations because, you know, conflict, good or bad, is, is, is sometimes tricky. But when it simmers, it just gets worse, almost to the point where you're just spending so much time talking to other people about it and, you know, really upsetting what you're trying to build. Yeah, thank you. That, that's really insightful. So, so now I'm, I'm reflecting on our conversation, right? You rebuilt the culture, right? You streamlined the hiring process, onboarding, all of these things. I always love numbers, right? How do you, is there, is there a way to quantify the, the success, right? From once you started with all of these initiatives to where the team is uh, now? Yes, absolutely. So something, uh, we do have an employee engagement survey that we do as a university every two years. Now, again, with the pandemic, it was three, but we're actually in the the heart of that right now. 
However, um, in addition to that, our HR team, we do a quarterly survey where we take about 10 of the questions from the larger survey and we continue to ask them over and over again to see how we're progressing. You know, a couple of the questions could be my immediate coworker goes the extra mile or my manager effectively works with, you know, people different from themselves, you know, and, and we can see where we, where we track quarter to quarter. And with both of those questions, we were at a hundred percent this last quarter, which is phenomenal. Have we always been there? Absolutely not. We actually had, you know, great increases from the quarter before, you know, we were in the eighties for those and we went up to a hundred. And so that's how we, that's one way that we track success, right? Because the survey is a point in time and we can't take it and say, wow, we're at a hundred percent. Our job is done. Obviously we have to continue to work on those things. And not only that, but I want to make sure that we still feel like our coworkers go the extra mile. And so we always have discussion questions that come out of those um, within our teams. What does this mean to you? And we say, my coworker goes the extra mile. What could we do to continue to advance that area? What do we need to do differently? You know, and in terms of the manager piece, you know, I think my team knows they can be very candid with me. If I do something that they're not certainly happy with, or they see something that I can do better, you know, let me know. <laughs> you know, I would much rather know from you than find out on a survey, you know? And so I think we're really, we're very, very much open with that. But again, I think this goes back to our regular team meetings that we have and our regular one-on-ones where we are always just checking it. What do we need to stop, start, continue from, you know, a team basis, from a personal standpoint. But I love that we can quantify it with the survey. I think that's really helpful. And it does show us, you know, where we were while we haven't been doing these quarterly surveys for the full three years. I certainly would venture to say we have come a very long way um, since we started on this journey together. And I'm sure it's also a fun way then to celebrate, right? I and mean, that's what, you know, it does, right? Once, once you quantify things, to be able to share that with the team and whatnot. One of the themes, Law, that really resonated with me personally is what you mentioned about the growth mindset, right? That's very important for me on a personal level, but also... For many of our employees, you know, it's 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 something that they want to achieve, right? I often get the, the the question like, "Hey, how can I further my career? How can I learn more?" And and for us, there, there are certainly things within the organization, right? We're doing certain you know, educations, right, and and whatnot. My, my typical answer is is to say, like, "Well, there, there are a couple of things you can do, right? Like, one could be joining a peer group." right? That could be, there's this element of self-study, right? Whether that is reading a certain book, listening to podcasts, coaches could be very powerful, right? So somebody that, you know, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a coach, somebody that, you know, can challenge you. And then the, the last thing that I always say, like, you know, let's look at conferences, right? Kind of like where you just get content and, you know, really new ideas. From your perspective, right, what are your recommendations specifically within the HR space, like, you know, to lift that growth mindset? Are, are there certain tools, certain books, conferences, whatnot that, that you can recommend? Yeah, we are a big fan, and, and myself personally, the Gartner Reimagine conferences they have. You know, we were very fortunate to be able to, during the, the COVID times, allow everyone to attend virtually some some portion of those conference areas that were of interest to them or, you know, they work in that space um, and being able to have access to the site to read, you know, papers. And if you're working on a specific topic and you want to find research to be able to do that. So there's just, there's so much out there. What we do for our team too is, well, 
everything external is very important. We have to benchmark. We have to see what's going on outside of HR. You know, at, we also want to know what's happening on campus at Notre Dame and how we can build those connections. Because so many of our team members, you know, they, they come to us. They're here for a couple of years on our team. We've had people that have gone to other places on campus. We have had, you know, as of this week, we had a, a second person promote within human resources. And so what's really important and one of the things that we talk about, too, is there is a mentorship program on campus through an organization that we call Thrive. And it's a wonderful way to connect either to be a mentor or a mentee. Just have coffee, just talk, just engage with someone in a different area of campus. It could be somebody in, you know, doesn't have to be in an HR type role. It could be a, a faculty member in, you know, a college that you have no experience or knowledge of, but you want to reach out and make that connection. So we definitely encourage that. We also have our employee resource groups on campus, and there are so many of those too. And they're open arms to anyone that wants to come in and make a connection or learn more. And so we encourage our, you know, our team to do that too. It's the last couple of years has been difficult because not much was in person. You know, we were having all these, you know, virtual opportunities. And as we said, creating connections virtually is harder, not impossible, but definitely harder. But we're just now getting back to the point of being able to to make those connections in the workplace. And so we we want them to do that. Anytime something comes out or we catch wind of it, you know, we, we certainly send it their way. If there are webinars on topics that reflect their work, you know, we are signing our team up for that. I think the biggest thing is we don't ever want someone work life to be a barrier to their own personal professional development. We want to continue to, to cultivate talent, whether that means you're going to do something else in HR, whether that means you're going to be on my team for five, 10 years, or whether that means, you know, you're going to expand your horizons and go elsewhere. That's all okay. As long as while you're here, you continue to develop. So today we talked about so many different topics, right? Culture, hiring, building a team. Now, if somebody wants to dig deeper on any of these topics and network with you, what, what's the best way to connect? Yeah, so my email is just laura.picking at nd.edu. I, I think that's a, a great way. I'm also on LinkedIn. So um, that would be a fine way as well. And would ha be happy to connect. Again, I, I think this growth mindset, we're never done learning, especially from each other and people that have done things differently and better. And so would be happy to, to talk about anything today that, that we've discussed or any other questions that people may have. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for, for all the, the insights today. Uh, it was great to have you. Thank you. I really enjoyed my time. I appreciate it. This podcast is sponsored by ThrivePass, a trusted HR partner for innovative benefits technology. From lifestyle spending accounts to pre-tax to COBRA administration, ThrivePass has you covered. We personalize benefits. You thrive as the employer of choice. More at thrivepass.com. Thank you.